And so when I travel, I'm looking for a story, right? And so it so happens that there are stories all around us, every, in every direction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on the road and I'm experiencing a different environment and, and that in itself is a story, right? And so by the time I'm bringing out my camera to document what I'm seeing, the story is already unfolding. Attention passengers, this is your captain speaking. Please fasten your seatbelts. We are beginning our initial descent. Welcome to Prepare for Landing, a podcast about the transformative nature of travel. I'm your host and captain, Sierra Turner. Each episode, I chat with guests about how travel truly changed their lives, and I ask if they were prepared to land, not in a different city, but as a different person. Hey, passengers, and welcome to another episode of Prepare for Landing. I am very excited to explore another traveler story, and I hope you are too. I want to thank all my return passengers today. You could have chosen to fly with anyone, but I'm always thankful that you chose me. And if this is your first time flying with us, welcome aboard. My co-pilot today is Hawa. Hey, Hawa. Hey, Ciara. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm doing just fine, y'all. She is joining us from Ghana. Okay, so this is not down the street. She in the motherland. She in Africa. <laughs> And I realize this is 2021 and we live in an age where you can talk to people from anywhere. But the fact that I'm speaking to her and we're in two different, we're on two different continents. Y'all, that just blows my mind. Okay. So (laughs) y'all, this bold and beautiful woman is a travel blogger, a content creator, and a YouTuber. And I will go into detail and so will she on where you can find her, but her YouTube videos are just magical y'all her beautiful use of color and imagery will have you right in the videos with her so definitely when she tells you where you can find her y'all need to go subscribe and watch today okay (laughs) as for how I first met her we talked a little bit about this off air but we were on a live or I did a live with a mutual friend of ours named Vivian and she was um, participating in the live and I think you reached out to me either or followed me or you know just uh, sang your appreciation and when I went to her page I was like oh yeah I got to know who this person is I just fell in love on the spot. And if you want to know why, you will know by the end of this episode. All right, boom. So we're just going to jump right on in with the questions. So, of course, I visited your, I have multiple times visited your blog, YouTube page. So I want you to take us on a road trip. You're 13 years old and you're riding through the western region of Ghana again. Kind of describe that first, that experience that you had when you were 13. Oh my God, this, this is so spot on. Because <laughs> that's actually my earliest uh, travel memory. And so at 13 years old, I'm fresh out of um, 
what's it called? Junior, junior, junior secondary school. So junior high. Mm-hmm. So I'm fresh off to junior high school. Um, we, we have a period of a year before you go to senior high school. That's how our educational system is set up. Mm-hmm. And so I have a whole of no school, basically preparing to go to senior high school. We've written our exam and we're waiting for our results, right? And so I'm at home and I'm thinking of what to do with the one year that I have on hand. And my mom tells me that, oh, we have um, family in Benin, right? So Benin Republic is two countries away from Ghana. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, I, if I wanted to visit, she could make arrangements for me to visit my family there. And so because I'm 13 and I can't necessarily be trusted to go two countries away, I'm entrusted into the hands of my, my older brother. And we set off from the Western region of Ghana. Um, all the way to the Republic. But from the Western region of Ghana to even the greater Accra region is two regions away, right? So we, we journey on the road, two regions, you're going through rest of the Cape Coast. Cape Coast is central region where you have very lovely beaches, um, a very lovely coastline. You have palm trees, you have not too busy streets, very sparse settlement. You go through that, then you get to the capital, which is Greater Accra. That's where I'm residing currently. Oh, nice. When you get to the yeah, when you get to the capital, you see a whole lot of people. It's like <laughs> the first time I saw a crowd of people. <laughs> I was like, Wait, why, why is everybody going? And why is everyone so busy? What is this? But that's Accra. You go to Accra, and then um, you journey to Accra to the border town um, between Ghana and Togo. And we have family there as well. So that, that border town is called Aplau. So we get to Aplau and then we stay at Aplau for a night with family. And then we cross over the following day into Togo, spend two days in Togo, and then proceed from Togo to Benin, where we spent, um, I think, about two weeks. My brother spent one week and then ran back home and left me there. So I ended up journeying back to Ghana, which is two countries away by myself at age 30 on the road for maybe another three to four days. And yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was fascinating. It was really fascinating. Good. It sounds fascinating just from what you were yeah. able to describe for us there. So that is, um, we'll say, your earliest trip that you have a memory of. What's the oh, last yes. trip that you've taken? Oh, that was to... Um, what, so, so do you mean international or, or local trip? Um, it could even be local because I know right now with COVID, you haven't been going as many places internationally. Oh, um, I just came. I just came back from the Western region again. That was last weekend. But the, the most recent international trip is actually to Senegal to Dakar, and that was yes. in November. Yeah, <laughs> in November. Yeah. Oh my God, that's beautiful. It was oh. It blew my mind. So, you know, you know, with COVID and all of the restrictions and everything, I was very jittery about, about traveling. Mm-hmm. But um, when I started doing my research, um, um, Senegal is, is actually has been named as the country that has managed COVID well the most in Africa. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that gave me, you know, a bit of comfort um, and, and the fact that there are cases even with, 
with relation to Ghana's cases and infection rates and stuff, it's not it's not that crazy. I thought, okay, maybe I could cautiously, you know, venture out and, mm-hmm. and then see if if I could travel. And so I took the necessary precautions. I did all the tests I needed to do. I had my documentation intact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I set off on a solo trip to Dakar. And by the time I got to Dakar, I understood why their COVID management was the way it was. Because <laughs> at the airport, <laughs> right at the airport, Tiara, you are met with about seven medical doctors. Oh, wow. And girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they are not playing games in that country. They are not playing games. And it's like, what is this? But it's just to make sure that they protect their people, right? And so you yes. have to understand that. And so I go through the necessary uh, immigration checks. And before long, I'm, I'm in the car. And from day one until day seven, when I left, I was blown away by the people. People of Senegal are so kind. They are, they are the warmest people I've ever met. And, and I've journeyed across Africa, right? right? And so it's very interesting to be wowed by, you know, warmth from people who look just like you. Mm. Um, and and you have people, you know, opting to help you out. Even when you, you don't you don't quite look like you need help, right? But yeah, they're going out of their way to make sure that your stay is comfortable. They're 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 reaching out even after you've left the country. I've met a ton of friends from Dakar till now uh-huh. that were checking, you know, oh hey, how's how's Ghana? <laughs> oh cool, they're so amazing. Oh my goodness, they're they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And and because of that, I I was so proud by the time I got back home. I'm like, I'm 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 aware of the risk I just took, but I'm also really, really because I feel like it was worth every single one of the accommodations I made for the trip to happen. And so, yeah, that's, that's the most, like, most recent travel, travel memory as well. Oh, gosh, love it. And y'all can already tell. This woman <laughs> is a storyteller, okay? Um, <laughs> so I had you answer both those questions because now I want to bridge the gap. So you told us about your, okay. let's say, your earliest travel memory. And then the latest mm-hmm. travel memory you have internationally. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. has how do you think travel has changed for you from age 13 to now? Oh my. This is brilliant. Oh, you're questioning. You're questioning. <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So what I would say first and foremost is that um between between being 13 and traveling because um, you do, you just have a lot of time on your hands, mm-hmm. and now traveling despite the fact that I have a I have time on my hands, so I I can say that the difference between then and now has been intentionality. Um, at this point, I'm I'm an adult. So I have responsibilities. I have bills. I have a job. I have a brand to manage. I have things to do, but I still manage to take out time to serve you know, what nourishes my school, which is to travel. Back then, as a kid, I was traveling because I wanted to visit family. I was traveling because, I mean, yes, I did want to see outside of my my home and my comfort. Mm -hmm. But now I prioritize that above anything else, right? Mm -hmm. And so the difference, again, is the fact that I I am making the decisions 
about the travel experiences they want to have. It is it is very much um, an intentional process. It is deliberate. And so I know how to apportion, you know, my time, my resources in the way that I can accommodate travel as opposed to travel happening to me as a child. I feel like I'm happening to travel Ooh, now. Yes. <laughs> I love that sounded so profane. It did. That was it. That was it. That's the whole t- if, if I titled my episodes, that would be the title of the episode. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Look at the same profile. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. So you have a travel blog and brand called She's Oathman, and that does include an IG page and YouTube. Talk to Mm -hmm. us. What was the inspiration behind creating your page? Ooh. Every single time you ask a question, I'm going to go, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I love the question. Um, okay, so fast thought, fast, fast thought, no, rewind to 2000 and 2019, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. I, have, I have an Instagram page. Um, I don't do much with it beyond maybe post pictures of myself uh-huh. that I, I find, you know, Instagram worthy or whatever. But I also realized that I, I love to be on the road. So uh-huh. at the time I was... I was about 24, 25, mm-hmm. but I very well remember that my friends used to call me a um, getaway queen. Because <laughs> <laughs> every single time that I had a free weekend on my hands, I was trying to leave the capital. I needed to see you know, the ocean. I wanted nature. I wanted to see different people. And so I would just get up and go. And so as I kept moving, I started documenting what I did whilst I moved, right? Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere else I could share that except on my Instagram. And, and they had just introduced Instagram stories, I think. Mm-hmm. So I would share that and, and, you know, just go about my jolly life. And very gradually, I realized that people took interest in what I was doing. And so there were people that were reaching out to me and asking, oh, um, I saw that you went here the last time. How did you find it? Whatever. And I was like, wait, you guys are watching this thing? Like, what do you, like, what is here? <laughs> you know, and that, that's always the reaction. Like, what? Why are you watching? Like, what is happening? <laughs> and so um, a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, um, I think that you have it. You have a skill for one, photography, mm-hmm. and two, for storytelling, and mm-hmm. you know how to carry an audience with you. And so I think that um, you should you should like pay attention to this thing that you're doing for fun, right? And I'm like, oh, God, oh God you're giving me too much credit. I'm not doing much. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. And she's like, no, it's not just. I, I travel too, and I can't do it. And I'm like, oh, you've made a point. And so then I actively try to document for the purpose that I want to share. Before I was just documenting and sharing when I can, when I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But this time it was purposely to, to travel with people. I, I wanted to have people go with me on the journeys that I was on. Yes. And so that is the purpose for which I have my Instagram, my YouTube. Even my blog, I want to be able to carry the audience along. And so if I am experiencing joy in, say, 
Dakar because I'm having Senegalese jollof and it is so good. <laughs> I want to be able to post it in a way that when you look at the video, you feel transported into my body and into the setting as though you are eating the jollof with me and, and you get what I mean. Do you get it? So yes. that's, that's like the inspiration behind, behind it, really. It's just to you know, rally people around and share my experiences in a way that people can vicariously live through me, even if, even if they can't go there themselves. Y'all, so <clears throat> obviously, well, I say obviously, I would imagine most of us, when we go to somebody's Instagram page for the first time, you're not going to go all the way to the first post. Now, for the purposes of my podcast, I do this with everybody. So I have seen her first post and I've seen her latest post as of today. Mm. And I've, I see the journey that she's taken us on from her start to today. I've seen the evolution and to hear how humble you are right now about, you know, I'm just doing this for fun, y'all. In 2019, her for fun was like professional looking okay so, like she was posting beautiful imagery and videos I was like wait wait a minute you was doing this before the YouTube <laughs> I mean it was just gorgeous how she would as you said take you on the journey with her so the fact that she was doing this and she wasn't conscious of it once somebody becomes conscious of their magnificence <laughs> then it just becomes even better <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. I can attest to that. I can attest to <laughs> so, that. So, I'm not necessarily saying y'all have to go all the way back to her first post. But what I'm <laughs> saying is, is that even if you scroll back to 2019, the stuff is gold. Okay? So, all that happens is gold becomes platinum. That That's 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 really what I'm telling Let's you. go! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking oh, of your IG page. You mentioned on an IG post from last year, quote, one of the absolute favorite perks about traveling is how it unifies the human experience, end quote. Mm. Can you talk more about how you believe travel unifies us? Mm, mm, mm. Yes, I can. Um, and I would reflect another post yes. whilst I, I explain it. Right. So um, I think was last month, early last month, I did a collaborative um, blog post with eight Ghanaian travelers. Yes. Um, yeah, telling <laughs> their stories about how they experienced uh, being Ghanaian outside of Ghana, right? And that was, that was one of the resources for that collaboration piece was this, this thing about hum, humanizing, are you trying the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so... When, when I think of when I, th when I think of traveling, right, I think of the ways that I can interact with a place that would teach me about myself, right? Mm. And the great thing about being human is that most of our qualities and values cut across. And so I could very well be somewhere in the desert of Morocco or all the way continents away in Bali mm -hmm. and come across somebody that reminds me of the very familiar life that I have in Ghana. That's good. Case in point, I remember going to Bali in December 2019 and uh, we were in Seminia. We had been driven around uh, in, in, in the chauffeur car by this, by this chauffeur, right? 
and we knew his name, but his name was not um, a name that was familiar, that you could relate it to anything that you, you know already. Mm-hmm. It was a Balinese name. And so it was very much like, oh, this, this man is really kind. And we've been driving around for two days with him or whatever. And we got to Semeyak and I heard a call to prayer. The Muslim call to prayer. And I was stunned because I did not expect to hear that in, in Bali. You are so right. Holiday, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and so I am visibly shook. And I'm like, wait. Was that a call to prayer? What's happening here? <laughs> and so the man turns to me and says, I am Muslim. And I said, what? He said, yes, I'm, I'm Muslim. Um, Indonesia is the most populous Islamic country in the world. Um, and, he, and he goes on, you know, he goes on to give me all of these statistics. And I'm sitting there like, what? I didn't, I didn't know this. <laughs> I didn't either. What? No, I didn't know this. And he said, he's taking me through how they pray. And it's very much a thing like, ah, this is how my family members pray. pray. This, is, this is Ghana. Like, this is, this is right, like right. <laughs> and, and it's that, it's that. It, it's from that to going to Morocco and meeting a really old man by chance. And he tells me about how, um, he asked me where I'm from, and I said, I'm from Ghana. And he says, oh, I know Ghana. And I said, really? And he said, yes, I know Kofi Annan. Kofi Annan, the former UN Secretary General, he's from Ghana. He came here, and I love him, and he's an honest man. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, what? This, you mean this old man has some memory of Ghana? And he starts to tell me, you know, about about the things that he thinks of Ghanaians. And he's relating to me very kindly as though he's a Ghanaian telling me about Ghanaians, right? And it's in that, it's those moments that make you realize that you are part of a bigger existential experience, right? You are, you are, you are, not, you are not small. You are not, you're not by yourself. You are not alone. Because the world is much bigger than, than you, than your identity, than yeah. your struggles, than your problems, all of that. All of us have very similar, very similar struggles and very similar, you know, wins and opportunities and histories and experiences. And the more I travel, the more I meet people that connect parts of me to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that travel has done for me. It, it unifies the human experience for me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was that was the thought behind behind me writing that. Okay, y'all. So y'all can't see my face, but every time she's answering <laughs> something, I'm like immersed in the story. <laughs> it's like a new story every answer. And then when she finishes, I'm like, oh wait, oh we we back. Oh okay, I'm, I'm in Georgia. I thought I was. I thought I was in Bali. I thought I was in Africa. Wait, <laughs> let, me, let me come back to Georgia and the question I'm supposed to ask her next. <laughs> I told y'all y'all were gonna understand why I fell in love. Y'all y'all thought I was playing. Okay, all right. I don't play. 
Okay. So on your, really on all of your platforms, you talk a lot yeah. about ethical consumption and ethical travel. Yeah. For those who haven't read your blog posts yet, and you should definitely go and read when we finish, <laughs> what is one way travelers can travel ethically? Okay. Um, Piggybacking off the fact that I just talked about the unifying experience mm-hmm. of travel, mm-hmm. I would say that being being conscious, being conscious about being conscious about the places you choose to travel to mm-hmm. is is one thing that I feel like we'll even cut across the example I give with Senegal, right? And mm-hmm. so consciously deciding to go to certain places based off of certain things that you know and engaging in a in a humanizing way with those places, right? And so we are within a global pandemic essentially and you are hoping to journey to a part of the world that let's say you know that the healthcare system is really bad. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And let's say you are coming from a country with um you know, a lot of active cases, not much precaution taken, or not not necessarily on the side of you, the traveler, but maybe on government and mm-hmm. like other institutions, right? And you're traveling to a country that you you know that you could have this effect. Being ethical would mean that maybe not traveling with the global pandemic to that area, or going to that area. And taking extra precautions to make sure that you are not bringing any form of harm, Mm -hmm. you know, to the people. And so when I talk about ethical traveling, I talk about engaging with the places that we visit as though they were our homes. So what you wouldn't want someone doing in your home, you please, please don't do it in somebody else's home, right? Right. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. Yeah, I was going to say that is. That is. It's that simple, like you just said. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we touched it, or I touched a little bit on the fact that on your IG page, you started off with um, IGTV. And of course, you have now made the transition into YouTube. And I have gushed, Mm -hmm. as I will continue to do so, about how beautiful (laughs) these videos are. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. In your content, in your videos, you always manage to capture like the essence or the spirit of the location that you are visiting. Mm How do you do that? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, this is probably the, the hardest question anybody has asked me <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh, okay. So I would attempt to I'll attempt to answer this with something that I said once on my Twitter that people who felt drawn to. Um, I, I mentioned that it is very easy for me to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So you know the way that I write my Instagram um, captions. But somebody said my captions read like poetry. That was the that was oh my god! They read, read yes, girl. Oh y'all, me. that's that's why I was like, oh yeah, that's it. Because I'm a poet at heart. So I was like, oh yeah, click is it. <laughs> but I most of what what I, what I haven't ever said is that most of them happen on the go. 
So I have an idea and then I start to write the first sentence before I know it, I've written something that people consider profound right? <laughs> But I always say that it's very easy for me to tell a story before because every time that I point my camera at anything that is myself, it's because I've seen a story there. Mm-hmm. And so when I travel, I'm looking for a story. Right. And so it, it so happens that there are stories all around us, every in every direction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on the road and I'm experiencing a different environment and, and that in itself is a story, right? And so by the time I'm bringing out my camera to document what I'm seeing, the story is already unfolding. And so as much as possible, I try to keep myself out of my storytelling so that I can, I can point the people in the direction that I want them to see where the story is happening outside of myself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. Girl. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, I just came back to Georgia. <laughs> I was with you. I had to get right back on the couch again. And I hope, I really do hope it makes sense because I've been practicing that a lot to people. But I really just, you know, I really just point cameras at things and hope to capture them in a way that if somebody isn't there, could see what I just produced and feel transported to the place. That's it. That's it. That's all I do. Well, then I would say, because yes, you, everything you said made sense. But what for me that translates into is you have a gift because somebody else could point their camera at the same thing and they would not capture what you are able to capture. Um, And, you know, everybody has different gifts and yours happens to be storytelling, no matter what medium you are using, whether that is the pen, whether that is typing, whether that is your camera, whether that is video, you have managed to put your gift of storytelling in there. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, on one of your latest Instagram posts, or at least latest as of this recording, you talk about mm-hmm. travel and food. So I'm not going to lie. That just hooked me because when I, <laughs> when I first started traveling, that's why I travel. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to just do like little cheat meals. And it went from cheat meals to, you know, more of, okay, well, what's the, what's like the food of this city? And, you know, um, so I, I really gravitated towards that post. Does food inspire your desire to travel at all? <sighs> I, I, I think that the more I have moved to ethically, um, ethically engage with the places I visit, the more food has become important to me. Mm. So I think even in that caption, I mentioned that I had given all of my stay in Morocco and Rwanda. Uh-huh. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I, I am very conservative when it comes to the things that I like to eat. Mm-hmm. And so I can eat the very same meal from Monday to Sunday and I'm okay. <laughs> but the more I have tried to, you know, experience places wholesomely and experience places not just as a visitor happening to be in the place, but as though this were my home and this was my community, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that if, Again, I'll take us back to the car. So if, if I'm in the car and the food that my neighbors are having is Senegalese jollof, 
I don't know why I'm going out of my way to order better because I'm hoping to commune with them. I want them to see me as one of them, that one of one of theirs. I want them to be open to me as much as I open myself to them. And so because of that, I would make an effort at least to try their food. And then if I don't like it, then I don't like it. But even in trying, I would keep an open mind and, you know, enjoy it for what it is. And so, yes, yes, now food is becoming very much a deciding factor too as to where I go. But it hasn't always been the case. It's only, it's only now started to change the more I have deliberately tried to interact with places I go on, on a very, you know, spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Because feeding is spiritual yes. in itself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay, so I know from reading your blog posts and your IG that you adore mm-hmm. words and books. As she mentioned before, a lot of her captions read like poetry. And I'm just like, er, okay, this is, I like this one. I like this one. Um, so I'm going to turn a question that you asked your followers back on you. What books have inspired you to wander? Oh, Lord. Um, let's see. Books that have inspired me. I, I think I did a post on that. And gave yeah, me really you nice did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I read um, Inedi Okurafo. It's her name. She's a Nigerian um, Afro-futurist writer. Mm-hmm. I read her book about, um, it's called Binti, and it's set in a village in, in Namibia. I've not been to Namibia. But it describes, you know, the, the, the localities. It describes the villages, the settings so well that you, by the time I finished reading the book, I just quickly made it. It's like, okay, I think Namibia just made it way to my bucket list. <laughs> I want to go there and want to play. Um, another book that has, you know, piqued my interest that I want to go see what happens there is um, a book I read by an Egyptian, an Egyptian feminist writer. Her name is Mona El-Tahawi. And she writes about the time where there was the Egyptian revolution and the women, all of the women in, in the capital marched to a place called the Tahrir Square. And that is where essentially the revolution was staged, right? And mm-hmm. how a lot of them were the the feminist, feminist protesters were arrested, and um, the kind of you know, the kind of historic moment that was. And I remember reading that and thinking to myself that if I ever visited Egypt, there is no way I wouldn't go to that square because mm-hmm. I want to be able to stand there, you know, yes, with with the spirit of people. Want I want to know what it feels like want a change so bad that you are willing to put your life on the line at a particular square to make a certain statement. And, and these are the things that books do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, would, they would have me wanting to experience, you know, places with certain histories behind them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Um, I do encourage y'all to check out that particular post on IG. You will have to scroll down a little bit, but it's- Yes, there's so many recommendations. (laughs) There's so many great recommendations on that post. And of course, she's on that post looking like fierce, y'all. Okay, so- So please check that post out, get great recommendations. And I've said before on my own page, when I focused primarily on travel at the time that, you know, if you're somebody who travels because of what you read in books, there's no, um, I guess sometimes there's some people who feel like, oh, well, I only want to go here because I saw it on Harry Potter. Honey, <laughs> ain't no shame in that. I went all the way to London for Harry Potter. Okay. All the way. <laughs> So, you know, just take pride in the reason why you're choosing to travel, especially if it comes from a book. Because for me, books are the first way that we travel. We travel with our mind. And then once we travel with our body, it's like the book brought to life. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, ma'am, I always end my conversations with the same question. And I get Go to the end already. I know. This was fun. I know, right? Girl, I don't want it to end, but, <laughs> but so I do have fun. a little small time it. limit. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, okay, um, I have, I give a little background on the why of this question. So in 2016, I did some domestic travel for my job and um, I came back to the office I was at at the time and my boss pulled me to the side and was like, okay, Sierra, I know you did all this travel, you know, seen all these places (laughs) and you're coming back and you think everybody's different. No, you're the same. (laughs) Everybody's the same. You're the one that's different. (laughs) And that stuck with me so much. Clearly, I decided to make a whole podcast around this feeling that (laughs) when you leave this place that you've been and you come back, you're thinking everybody else is different, but Mm. they're the same Mm. and you're different. So Mm. I ask you this question. Do you believe you were prepared to land as a different person? Girl, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. I am. I am to the extent that I I always encourage people to travel mm-hmm. because of what it's going to do for them. Mm-hmm. Right? The kind of perspective that you would gain by traveling, the kind of confidence you build the more that you interact with places that you are not familiar with, mm-hmm. the stories that you hear, the people that you dine with, you know, it enriches you, it enriches your person, it enriches your, even how you navigate life in Mm. itself. And so, yes, 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 I am absolutely prepared to learn and be, you know, a thousand percent better than the person that I am now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, ma'am. Well, how I so appreciate you coming and being a guest on my podcast. Like, you just have no idea when I decided I was going to do this. There were about five or six names that popped in my head, and yours was definitely one of the people. Oh, my Um, God. So, we're going to bring this this episode. (laughs) Of course. 
So I'm going to bring this episode to a close. But for all of my passengers, please remember we're going to have a brief layover and then we will come back for the second portion of this flight where you will hear from Hawa again as she regales us with a story on the moment she realized travel truly changed her life. Thank you, guys. You can follow Prepare for Landing on Instagram at Prepare for Landing Pod. No space, no dot, no underscore. You can also find weekly travel tips and updates on my Instagram page. If you like today's episode, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and for all of my listeners on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review. Let me know what you think. Stay safe, passengers, and I hope to fly with you again soon.